This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast, and we're back talking more remote working with Rudolf from Remotive.io, and of course, my fabulous, fabulous remote working co-host and long-suffering co-host of the Roaring Elephant Podcast, Jan. Uh, I see it as a kind of co-suffering remotely. That's <laughs> kind of what the episode's about as well, I guess. So when you say much. we're back, I didn't leave. That's my home office. I'm here always. I never, I don't go anyway. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So this time we're talking, we're sort of gazing into our crystal ball. We're looking at, uh, at what the future may hold for remote working through you know 2021 and beyond. And uh, as as mentioned earlier, we are once again joined by Rudolf from Remotive.io, who's going to share some of his insights and uh, thoughts around some of the conversations he's had with with organizations uh, far beyond just the, the two that Jan and I work for. Yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed the content from last episode. And uh, if, unless you have anything else, uh, let's move on to the second part of the interview with Rudolf. Let's do it. So we are once again joined by our good friend Rudolf from Remotive.io. Welcome back. Hey there. Thanks for having me again. Glad to be here. Hi again. No problem at all. So for, for those that uh, haven't caught our previous episode, you definitely should. But, uh, but in the meanwhile, as you're here, Rudolf, please uh, give, the, give the fine audience a, a quick intro. <laughs> of course. My name is Rudolf. I run Remotive.io. With the world's largest remote worker community. We act as a job board and media, and basically we're connecting companies that want to hire a remote worker with remote workers themselves. We've been doing this for six or seven years by now. So if you want to work remotely or if you're looking to hire remotely, we'd love to chat and we're always happy to help. Fantastic. So our, our previous um previous episode was really focused on you know, the current situation, how people have adapted, how organizations have adapted. And uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit and we're going to gaze into our, our crystal balls and our scrying devices and, and you know, maybe flip a few cards over and, and try and work out where we think things might be going next. Uh, this is a, a particularly interesting topic for for me at least i i sort of have no idea really where where things might be heading as uh, as we you know we've got vaccination on the horizon for for many folks throughout this year um we will see hopefully the the, the current situation uh, of the coronavirus start to be mitigated and and start to fade away in some way shape or form but I do think that the the world has been changed forever in in a lot of ways, and I'm I, I think that there will be kind of ongoing, um, yeah, ongoing things from this that the situation will have changed. But I'm curious, Rudolf, what what are your thoughts? What you know, do you think that's likely, or do you think we'll we'll just reset and everything will go back to the way it was? I think that a few things are going to change from the company standpoint and from the employee standpoint as well. Mm. From a company standpoint, I don't think you can ever say again, I cannot manage to find someone in Manchester, so I cannot hire anymore. Now you have an understanding that you can work with people that are outside of your offices, 
it may or may not be your preference, but at least, you know, it is an option, which was not the case before. So I think that we got that going for us as remote worker is that companies know that for a temporary gig as a freelancer or a full-time position, remote work is one of the options they have to hire and to find talent. From an employee standpoint, I think it's been good because throughout your conversation with a company, should you say, I work in a big city today, but I will move out of town tomorrow. Traditionally, companies use, could have been saying, well, if you leave town, that's the end of it. Whereas today, due to the pandemic, due to the fact we've been stuck at home for so long, they have a flavor of how things may unfold should you be a remote worker, one out of and the entire company or whether the entire company is remote. So remote work that we've seen, again, was forced work from home, which is very different yeah. from chosen and positive and calm remote work. But at least to give employees and companies a, like a flavor of this is a possibility and should you enjoy it, you can replicate it in your own time. So for awareness, it has done wonders. Yeah, absolutely. You you did mention something that I think is is sort of um, is happening more and more as this has become sort of more commonplace for people, which is relocation. I think we the second half of the year, certainly from from my network, I saw a lot of people either are actually going through with relocation or at least you know very much considering relocating to areas you know in some cases it was places they'd always wanted to live in some places it was you know going back to you know places that they you know their family was um to sort of be close to them you know in some cases it was just you know people looking for a for a change and wanting to to head somewhere different and you know remote working is the thing that allowed you know, that was the common piece that allowed that to change for for everybody it does strike me though that if you know when we come out the other side of this all of a sudden you're going to be potentially dealing with an organization that is more even if maybe your employees haven't changed at all maybe you've stayed absolutely static in terms of headcount and who's there you, you might come out of this with your employees being distributed geographically regardless maybe it's just different city different state maybe it is different country um do you think that the you know do you think we're ready for that do you think that people have really you know both individuals and organizations have really you know thought all of that impact through i think it's going to take some time before we assess how things have really changed what we do know for sure, and that was not true even a year ago, is that we think the perfect storm grew up for remote work for a variety of reasons. Mm. First, because of the lockdown and the shelter in place we had, a lot of people do not want to stay in tiny apartments anymore, especially their families of their parents. So yep. they'd rather relocate somewhere more roomy and more airy. Then you've got offices that are going unused for companies and CFOs, chief financial officers, are really wondering whether it's worth pouring so much money in shiny towers downtown, where instead of two floors, they could have half a floor and just keep some people there, but not everybody. That's a real estate cost, is a huge pressure, and it is going cheaper or going away, in my opinion. 
Mm. Then you've got the economic pressure of someone who is a tech professional living in major tier A city and who's willing to buy real estate as an apartment to live in and is realizing that real estate costs are crazy. And even if you make six figures, it's really hard to buy an apartment in London, Paris, New York, or San Francisco. So that's driving people away as well. Then you had the proof of example, proof of work, so to speak, proof of remote work, that indeed yeah. it does work. If you're away and open source has documented that, uh, you have Zapier that just sold some shares at a billion dollar valuation, Automatic, Envision, Stripe, uh, you know, I could go on for a while, uh, Slack, Microsoft is looking into this. So a lot of people are actually welcoming remote work. And finally, finally, I think that uh, a lot of people's aspiration is to have more flexibility in their life in general, like zooming out of remote work. Remote work is a consequence of this, but I think that as individuals that are privileged in countries where we don't have war or food shortage, that are well-educated, that are in a market where we have a high employment rate, meaning that our Maslow need is, Maslow pyramid of need is filled. Mm -hmm. What we aspire to is self-actualization, meaning having a lot of flexibility and free time. And if you want to cut an hour and a half each way of commuting from your day, if you want to cut the stress of being in the office and being mighty productive, a lot of people are saying, I want to be more flexible and I cannot buy a place in a big city and I do not want to be stuck in traffic anymore. And the logical consequence for a lot of people that are embracing software developer career is to say, I want to work remotely from the place that makes me the happiest in a company that I aspire to work for, which is not necessarily the place downtown. So mm. all those things are brewing up to become the perfect storm leading to remote work. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I suppose one of the things that we've we've seen though is that when when lockdown and you know this forced remote working started, organizations obviously had to adapt, people had to adapt, and there were there was a lot of help put in place to guide people through this, you know, this relatively traumatic change for some people. When we come out the other side, hopefully of, you know, all of this, this lockdown, um, you know, set of criteria. I mean, do you think it's important that there should be just as much help to allow people to come out the other side of this and to kind of, I suppose, uh, adapt or adjust to this, this new normal, whatever that whatever the, the new normal might be. I think there should be more help. I'm not sure there will be more help just because mm -hmm. we'll see two different categories here. We'll see people that have high paying contributing jobs such as software developers that will probably get more assistance from operation manager from the HR side of thing, more understanding uh, from a cohort of engineering manager that will over time gain experience of leading teams remotely. The other part of the cohort of people that have to work remotely and be in a computer facing environment are, for instance, people that used to be working in bank as analysts in big towers in Manhattan, like in downtown. And those, we did realize that they don't have to occupy expensive real estate in Wall Street. They could work from Connecticut or other states. And for those, the next step, unfortunately, may be that 
there will be other professionals that would replace them altogether or machines. And I think that remote work, and that's a bit harsh to say that, but should really be seen as an opportunity. Uh, and, and I think a lot of people that are tech abilities are going to be able to benefit from it. But I know that a number of people are a bit scared because they feel like remote work for them is the first thing to be made redundant and being replaced by either cheaper labor or by automation altogether. So there's a bittersweet feeling among a lot of people, especially non-technical people, about what is happening right now. It's yeah. interesting you say that because uh, the connection between remote working and cheap labor, as you said, more outsourcing kind of a thing, that's specifically not why the company I work for does this. The reason that we go remotely is so we can get the talent yes. without forcing them to move to expensive, far away from friends and family, stuff like that. So I agree that five, ten years ago, the whole outsourcing thing, that was a thing that they tried. And I think it's proven that it doesn't really work that well, because on the one hand, that low-cost labor is low-cost labor and will have an impact on the productivity of your company. And secondly, once that outsourcing happened, at the moment in India, the poster child for outsourcing 10 years ago, there's a lot of bright people there now that are no longer cheap. <laughs> so it kind of That's destroyed itself. I fully endorse this and I enjoy playing devil's advocate here. <laughs> so I <laughs> fully cheer for companies that are remote minded and want to pay people the right salary and look for talented people everywhere. I've also been on calls, several of them, of companies saying, well, this remote work seems appealing. So now what's the best way to hire 15 people below this level of salary? And this is what I want to do right now, which I believe is not, it's not what I believe in. It's not what I endorse. It's just what I've seen yeah. some companies veer yeah. towards. And I think that we'll see people with not as good intent consider it for the very, uh, at the very least. I hope, agree that this will be a transitory thing, something temporary until people will see the light that doing it that way will have an effect. I mean, today, the cost of something is quite often representative of the value you're getting from it because it's more open, people talk more, advertising, marketing is less important these days, and that's also valid on the job market, I'd hope. So, and again, this should true. never go, so, sorry, go ahead. I was just about to say, this is going to be reflected on pay. We'll have a great discussion cropping in 2020, 2025, meaning are you paid because of your skills, flat rate across all location because you're a great software engineer, or are you paid uh, due to location? That's a debate that's been going on for years, and it's nowhere near stopping because it's only going to get bigger and bigger. Yeah, I, I think that's a particularly interesting one because it's you're right, it's going to... It's not only going to get bigger, but it's going to get more complicated with, you know, we talked about relocation earlier and where people have moved. And I've, I saw a, a couple of articles, I think last, uh, last week or the week before, of organizations that were in the US where, where some of their employees have relocated. And their, their tax situation, however, is tied to like where their where their sort of previous office location was whereas their pay is not and i i i, I didn't yeah. i i don't promise to to understand all the details behind it but i th i think there's a lot more um 
detail here that that people have not kind of unpacked at all yeah. yet. Yes, it's been very interesting to see that traditionally big tech has had a hub approach. You'd be mm. uh, you know tied to the London office or San Francisco office, and usually for employment and tax reason, they tied you to a standard that was a local standard in the Bay Area or London greater greater area. Mm. And now they have to go granular and they have to think about what that means. Uh, at some point, they could pay $250,000 for a graduate fresh out of college in the San Francisco area. But now if that person goes to Nebraska or, or you know, Manchester, it's different. It's, it's a different situation. So a lot of yeah. big companies are going to go with location. I think that's a preference. They, it's a yeah. model that worked for them over the last 30 to 40 years. Uh, and other people which are vocal, but a minority right now, such as Basecamp, for instance, uh, a widely profitable software as a service company with about 50 to 60 employees, are able to say, we'll pay you top dollar wherever you are. They're widely profitable, uh, probably like over a million dollar per employee uh, for revenue. So they can afford to pay people a lot and they will. And that would be a great differentiator for talent. Yeah, I, I, it, it's, it's interesting that uh sort of the the thing that used to be that weird perk that some organizations would offer remote working is is now well uh, we'll see we'll see how this evolves in the future but for now is is commonplace everywhere and all of a sudden like you you need to think about what's your what's your company's new differentiator i mean Speaking, speaking personally, like Grafana Labs has been a remote first company from, from its very inception. You know, our founders are spread across three different continents. Um, so, you know, we, we've been remote first from our initial inception. And, you know, that, that was great when, when we were sort of one of the very rare organizations that were doing that. And now everybody's in that place. You know, it, it's obviously it's obviously slightly different, and you need you need to you need to have a different story, or you need to add to that story. You can't just rely on that. That's true. We're going to see granularity within the term remote work. You're going to get to see mm. hybrid companies, those who maintain an office and work remotely. At sometimes you're going to get to see remote first company, mostly hiring remotely. Uh, asynchronous companies that are, you know, very happy to let you work in your own, on your own schedule and, and not as meeting uh, meeting happy as other companies. So, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to see the differentiator kick in as soon as Stripe can offer as good condition as any other startup. Then startups have to start wondering how do they attract talent. Yeah, um, it's also the end of golden handcuff to some extent because. When only a number of companies could pay you great salary to work from anywhere. I have seen throughout the last five years pre-pandemic, some people being in golden handcuff situation, they will be in a village and knew that very few companies could match their salaries because very few companies could hire them. So they did stay at the company because they could not match the offer locally or remotely. That's no longer true. So that's going to change. It's for a subset of workers, but that's going to change as well. Yeah. yeah. I think there's also going to be a differentiation in employers looking at why they are offering the remote working perk because one half, well, not say half, one part of them will do it as a cost cutting measure and one yeah. part will do it as a hiring incentive measure. And uh, looking at the companies we work for, I think 
there's one thing to say, you can work remotely, figure it out. And there's another thing to say, we'll help you set it up. I mean, I've seen in my, in my environment, a lot of people have gotten better equipment, better webcams, better laptops, just to make this whole remote working more productive, more user-friendly and stuff like that. And well, while that, as Dave says, the perk of working remotely gets pretty much hom homogenized. Everybody can do it now, but the way it's being done, there will still be a very big gradation between the, yeah, it's just for, we don't want to pay for the office anymore, so just figure it out. And the, we care for you as an employee, we think remote working is a good thing, so let's make this the best remote working experience we can make it within certain barriers, of course. Yeah, it's about to level up. It's about to be more serious. And I think that the word will get around. <laughs> if companies yeah. say they're remote, but if they don't really act like it, I think, you know, information gets out. So good company will have their reputation to build on and others will have to make do. It's actually a good one. It's just a bit of a sidestep here. The whole working from home and the asynchronous working we talked about last time, it also kind of pushed more people to social media to be more open about what they're doing because they're more used to talking not in the, in the little huddle in the, at the water cooler, just you and me, but more openly about it. And this will also help with the democratization of all of this knowledge and information, what is a good employer, what isn't. So uh, that's one of the side perks I think I saw. Sorry. Yeah, it's easier to get information on remote companies. We do have a list uh, that we publish on our website. We have information on each of them. And we're finding companies and employees to be a lot more transparent and willing to share right now. Because you're not only yeah. throwing remote work as a perk, you're really explaining how it is you do it. Would you meet in person? What kind of equipment are you going to get? Are you going to get you know, perks? Uh, how are you going to be set up? Do you have a uh, management structure in place and so on and so forth? So that's yeah. good. So one of the other, other things I'd be interested to understand from, from the organizations that you've worked with, uh, Rudolf, when, you know, when we talk about remote working, it's very easy for us to kind of lump this into one big, like it's all, it's all remote working. But from what I've seen, organizations are looking at this, you know, slightly differently for each of them. So like for some remote working is, well, you know, you could be, anywhere in the same state or the same country and for other organizations it's well you could be you know anywhere within this window of time zones and then further other organizations are you know we have the the system set up and the methods of you know, managing and all that sort of thing that you could be anywhere in the world um and you know totally distributed what do you think the, you know, from the organizations you've worked with, what do you think the, the rough kind of split is between people that are thinking of remote working within, you know, the, maybe this small, medium and, and large kind of scale? I think that company embrace remote work up to the point where it becomes um, a problem for them to handle. And what I mean by that specifically is that oftentimes companies start with something that's easy and saying, you know, we're in the UK, we're going to hire anywhere in the UK because we know how to do yeah. it, uh, like paperwork wise, mm -hmm. and we, we're happy enough to be in the same time zone. Then they expand a little bit to say across Europe because they have a uh, employer of record they can work with. So they say plus of two minus. Uh, my, plus of two hours, for instance, uh, regarding time zone, then they say entire Europe or entire Europe and Africa. And then they 
maybe graduate to going uh, hiring from anywhere. What I've seen happen is that if the current team has a successful track record of working remotely, they're much more willing and able to expand their uh, requirement to say, you know, we can hire anyone in the world rather than teams that just get started, who oftentimes are US only, UK only, and so on and so forth. So it depends if you're ready to welcome it or not. And usually it's a stage approach, not a big bang, unless you have two yeah. founders that are already working from anywhere and they're gonna be hiring people who self-select as applicants to strive in those environments. And of course, there's the yeah. other part of uh, the bigger companies that have a follow the sun kind of support model or engagement model where being distributed simply is a business advantage. There, yeah. There's no choice there, of course. And oftentimes you'll see that person, you know, customer support or, or support engineer required in the Asia Pacific uh, region because you need to cover more time zones. So that could be a way in as well. Yeah, for sure. So with, with sort of changes or evolu you know, next evolution on the horizon, how, how have you seen organizations sort of preparing for you know coming out out the other side of this i mean are organizations preparing for this are they just is everybody just in a wait and see um you know what what, what have you seen based on the, the discussions you've had i think it's been it's been a spectrum of experiences you, you've got some companies that have seen the light and are remote and won't go back and you have other companies that had to go remote due to the pandemic and are not so excited about it. You have uh, Netflix, for instance. Reed Hastings is Netflix CEO, and he said, we'll go back to the office on the day following when the pandemic ends. As soon as it's legally possible to bring Netflix employee back to the office, the CEO is going to do it. And, you know, I respect the decision. At least it's a clear statement made that mm -hmm. all employees can understand on how the CEO feels about remote work. So some companies are going to be, you know, to be contrarian here, you could even say that some companies should be doubling down on having offices and just say, well, we're not remote, but you're going to have the best time physically because now it's a rare thing to do. Maybe it's not a 2021 thing, but it may become the fact that if I'm at a college, for instance, and I want to keep this learning immersive environment and have a lot of hands-on mentorship and a lot of you know, even social interaction, a lot of people find their partner and their friends throughout work physically. Uh, you could argue that as a young graduate, 22, 23 year old, maybe you're better off going to campus and spend a couple of years there and then go out in the world and, and become a remote employee if you want. So I think there's going to be a lot of flavors. Some people will stay remote for sure. Other will be hybrid. That's the most part. That's the highest number. I think they're going to be economic consequences to pandemic. I'm not an economist, but it feels like it's looming. So real estate as in offices footprint will be reduced by however much. I think that business travel to get to see each other face to face will resume as in uh, meeting each other, not necessarily business conferences. I think those will have a harder time taking off. Mm. Uh, and yeah, we'll see full office companies, full remote companies, but a lot more people are going to be sitting in between that did not used to happen before the pandemic. 
Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd agree with the social aspect of the campus life. And I'm, I'm imagining you don't mean the school campus, but more like the Apple campus, the Google campus, yes. that kind of uh, things, right? But for the mentorship and the educational things, I question because the first of all, it's the employee that has a choice to make this permanent or not, right? If I, if all of employees in the world decide we will no longer go to the office, the employers will have to kind of deal with that in certain ways. If you want to keep the good, uh, the good quality of people coming in, and it's the better people, the more knowledgeable people, the experts, whatever, who will have the biggest weight there. They will be able to say and stick their foot down. This is what I want and nothing else. And I could be totally biased here, but I would imagine that a lot of those higher level uh, engineers, mentors, knowledgeable people will be more happy to work from home and not have to do the commute to work, to go back to living in the expensive village. So the mentorship, the getting the teaching a uh, component on a campus will be reduced because the people won't be there to be your mentor. That's a fair point. I think a lot of senior people will gravitate out of town and out of campus altogether. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And again, as I said that, right? It's power to the people here. We employees, <laughs> we've got the power to make this the best wow. solution. I'm not saying it should be all out or all in, but we have a say in this and we Absolutely. shouldn't underestimate that. Well, yeah. I mean, software developers are in demand and will continue to be, especially senior ones, especially those with great track record. So, I mean, for anyone listening to this podcast, the pandemic has been terrible from, you know, a, a human and a sanitary and economic standpoint, but for people's career, you would just gain optionality and yeah. been speeding up five years in the future over the span of a year, at least five years. So that that's giving everybody out there options for, for software developers against that. Yeah. yeah, software developers, pre-sales, solution architects, uh, enterprise architects. Software people, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smart people, yeah. sorry. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you mentioned something there that I, I think is worth kind of digging into a little bit. It's sort of, you know, so as you say, some organizations are making a very clear statement. When you mentioned uh, Netflix CEO saying like, we're going to be, you know, day one, this is over office will be open and all employees will be, will be swiped in and away we go. It, it does, it does feel like, I mean, people have obviously changed jobs while the pandemic has been in place. But I think we talked about during the first episode, a lot of people have, you know, stayed where they are, just it, it's it's safer, it's easier, you know, as long as there's no major issues, um, there's sort of, it, it's easier to keep where you are while this all this kind of change is, is happening. But out the other side of this, I would be very, very surprised if we don't see like a huge amount of movement of people from from organizations to new organizations, you know, whether it's changing roles, changing careers, um, changing companies. Uh, you know, I mean, what what do you think? Do you think that's do you think that's likely? Is, are you sort of uh, do you subscribe to that or do you think something else? I think that we'll see movement. I think that typically when the economy is doing bad, people tend to go to safer options. That's a generalization, mm -hmm. but it, it sort of, mm -hmm. we've seen that a lot. Like people tend to turn to stable large companies because they perceive that less risky. So that's one thing. Then I think it's depend, it depends on 
where everybody is in life. Like if you're a young, like again, weird example, but young graduate with like 250,000 of debt because you paid uh, your US education, uh, would you like to, you know, get a high paid job in San Francisco or be remotely from, remote from day one, but get a fraction of that salary. So paying your debts much longer. So I think everybody's going to have different actually working out of this. If you're senior and you have a good career for you, I think that negotiating the fact that you still want to be remote, that you want to stay at a big corporation, but only go to HQ once a month, this is going to be like a great opportunity, a great opportunity for people to say, I'll come only on Fridays or I'll only going to come, you know, every second Tuesday. And, and that's going to be where a lot of value is going to be created. Uh, I do feel like people are going to be changing jobs. But again, I don't think we've seen the real consequences, economically speaking, of the pandemic, just because yeah. with relief funds and everything being frozen, so to speak, uh, companies will tend to be more careful in the future. So pe people may be more conservative when thinking about changing jobs as well. So if you're a star, if you paid well, if you do well, if you have in-demand skills, then maybe you have optionality. Other people, maybe less so, I would think. Yeah, yeah. I, I talking to talking to a variety of different people I, there's a there's a few sort of um vignettes that I can I can probably share I, I was talking to to one person who was saying it, they 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 don't necessarily believe that you know things will go back to the way that they were in in their in their role and because of that the role like probably isn't the same to them. A huge part of that role was going out, meeting people face to face, and yeah. whether or not that will be a real thing in the future, or at least as prevalent, um, you know, from a, a business meeting perspective, and you know, from their point point of view, if if that isn't what that role looks like, they're actually looking to you know when when come out the other side of things they're actually looking you know probably change career probably do something different where they do get that that face-to-face -face interaction uh, as part of that uh, as part of that job as part of that career which is yeah like, for, for me is is kind of mind-blowing like because i i've adapted to this uh like you know Jan, Jan mentions he actually in many ways prefers this life um you know i i think there are pros and cons to it but i think like I like many others have kind of just we've just got on with it we've adapted to it pretty well but I, I think there are some people who who like this they'll come out the other side of this and they'll go well I think it's time for a change and they'll literally go and do something else completely different that's that's an impossibility I think a lot of people are enjoying remote work or could enjoy remote work if giving the flexibility but I for one mm. do not enjoy working from home I cannot stop to work from home. I cannot wait to stop working from home, but I cannot wait to continue working remotely. So I think everybody's going to have like different expectations working out of this. And I agree, we're going to have career change that are going to be interesting because again, the economic output in terms of salary of what you get working in remote work or in office as a 40 plus IT professional versus starting something from scratch is an option, but certainly is going to be a different reality in a world of doing, you know, fairly bad in terms of economic setup. So I wonder, I know that a lot of people want changes, but I wonder what's going to happen when people realize they have 
a lot of you know expenditures in their life and they have a mortgage mm. and they still want to continue making good on what they had before I, I think a lot of people are going to have to be more flexible than they do and some of them will manage to change altogether i would think yeah absolutely one thing that we we haven't really touched on because and you mentioned sort of working home versus working remotely um you know i in, in my particular situation it's myself and my my partner here um you know she is currently in the in the other office of our of our house teaching uh you know seven and eight year olds probably at this point in the day probably english um and and yeah you know, there's no kids there's no um sort of other real kind of distractions I, I, we're sort of living in probably what is one of the more ideal situations we've got our own separate offices and all that kind of other stuff whereas there are people in you know one bed apartments with or you know, maybe two bed apartments with a couple of kids and a and a, and a dog and, and a cat and they're in lockdown and no one can go anywhere and everyone's being you know remotely taught and the 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 parents are also you know on calls and trying to do things remotely it's sort of there's a there's a piece of this that will obviously change obviously hopefully schools will will reopen and uh, you know that side of things will will sort itself out but the the sort of working from home is for many people very very stressful and very different to yeah. working remotely i think we're going to see a lot of that i think that the three of us have done remote work for the longest time and i probably have reached a setup and rhythm where we're comfortable doing what we do i feel like uh, a fraction of people that experienced 2020 working from home in the setup you described which is not prepared forced with uh, having to take care of kids in cramped spaces there will be bad blood towards remote work and I think that a, an interesting number of people would not be willing to work remotely again just because it'd be associated mm. with bad memories and they've not, you know, yeah. they could not go to a co-working space or a coffee shop or have a, an office with a door that shuts and be uninterrupted during meetings. All those things we took for granted pre-pandemic they did not experience and the shortcut remote work, forced work from home will overlap and some of them as a consequence will be very happy to have this work and life separation that stops at the office building's door and that's the end of it you go home you do your life you go to work you do work things some people strive for that and i think there's a, there's a space for that too yeah, but it's yeah. also a middle ground right because even before the pandemic there were the uh, spaces the the the, the regions offices things like that where it was able to work remotely but not work from home the lockdown yeah. across the world has made those the same if you want to work remotely while well, you had to and had to be from home because you weren't allowed to leave your home i would hope that in the post-pandemic era the possibilities offered by by office by uh, by employers to have leased rooms small office spaces in these kind of shared office environments becomes a much more uh, much more available and appreciated and i hope we don't throw away the, the baby with the bathwater here and <laughs> don't say okay i hated working from the kitchen table with the, the baby on the arm and stuff like that 
okay, that, this is not remote working. That's working from True. home. And those are two True. different things. Can be the same, but working remotely can be done in a very controlled environment. You still have that possibility to close the door at the end of the working day. I mean, they've already said, I like the way it is now. Again, yes, I have the, the separate office here in the <laughs> house, but I also like the fact that I can separate my work and private life. They should never be totally separated, but they shouldn't either be the same. There has to be a kind of a let go there. And there's a way of doing that without, without having all of the negatives that uh, came in. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be finding middle grounds and I love playing devil's advocate, you know me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, remote work feels like a net positive still. And at the end of the day, we want to gain flexibility and flexibility is what we're getting through remote work. So uh, more options are available than ever before. More broadband access is available in anywhere, really. Yeah. So yeah, living in a big city and, and, and decided you will be in a big city because you're forced to be there for work. It's going to be something that happens to some, but not to all, thanks to uh, the post-pandemic remote work situation, I think. Yeah. A quick, quick note on the flexibility, the thing that surprised, I'm not going to talk, we're running over time, so we'll keep this for next episode. But the thing that surprised me is that the whole flexibility didn't lead to more part-time work. Because maybe I'm wrong there. And again, let's talk about that next time. But that's one thing that I haven't really seen evolve the way I'd expect it to. No, I mean, let, let, let's, let's, let's get to it. Come on. <laughs> you, you've started it. You, you've started to unpack that thread. We can't, we can't leave the, no, we can't leave that hanging like that. Come on. Go to it. <laughs> so, yeah, I've seen very few part-time positions being opened, uh, mostly because I feel like there are freelance engagements that are on offer and people that are within structures sometimes negotiate their way out of a structure or, or manage schedule, just going back to two and a half days instead of five. But I've seen very, very few companies offering like proper part-time splash remote. Um, I think that a lot of companies feel like remote work is based on trust and trust is often something you gain through like high intensity full-time engagement before potentially pivoting to part-time okay. or they'd rather offer a freelance engagement that is, you know, based on a task rather than a time and yeah. that ends up being your part-time gig. But the, you know, two, three day a week job description and we have a database of over 30,000 job description, I rarely see. That's not something that's very uh, often available. Yeah, it really surprises me because I always thought that, uh, particularly in the tech industry, that was a problem because if I'm a very valued employee, I've probably got a couple of patents and I've got, I've got all of the knowledge of the internals of the application. If I start, start working part-time, it's going to be with a competing employer perhaps. So how the hell do you do that? With uh, home working, remote working, getting more homogenized, more commoditized now, I would expect that even those less, um, I'm going to say important, but I don't want, I don't mean important, but less uh, have a lot of knowledge that they could use otherwise, other, otherwise uh, people would also be able to do this. And there the border of trust for, okay, if I'm, if I'm building a web application for Dave or making a web application for Adolf, there's two web applications. Yes, I know how to code. That's pretty much it. That's all I'm taking away from it. I'll be learning both ways and you'll both be benefiting from what I'm learning. Mm. So I was hoping that, well, hoping, I was expecting that this would be more of a thing. But yeah, apparently, is it something because it's pandemic and people are still in a, 
let's get this working now and not rock the boat too much. Is it something that will be different in the, in the post-pandemic era, do you think? Or is this just the way it is? I think that part-time has mostly been commoditized from a new entrance standpoint. Again, if you're already an employee, I think you can negotiate your way to part-time because you already built trust. But I feel like a lot of services, uh, in software as a service in particular, have been very helpful at doing half of someone's job like a software to monitor your DevOps uh, updates or, uh, you know, a tool or a framework that helps you do a certain thing. And I don't think that we're replacing developers, not what I'm saying, but I feel like a lot of things have been shortcuts, like on the way up, you can have advisors to your company that can answer questions. So that's not a part-time, but that's a boost you can get. And for mid-level positions, a lot of services or one, two, three, five people consulting firms are happy enough to provide you like maintenance or ad hoc assistance for say $4.99 a month or, or services like this. And I see that a lot in the non-tech world, like uh, the non-technical world, such as marketing, SEO, uh, translation. And I think we're going to see it more and more in technical capacity where you can pull in an expert by paying a monthly retainer rather than offer that uh, part-time, um, part-time, okay. part-time gig. Yeah. Yep. Indeed, indeed. Well, I think with that particular point, we're running a little long. So hopefully the audience has enjoyed this uh, episode of Three Dudes Fortune Telling about the, uh, <laughs> the, the future of remote working. But uh, stay, stay tuned and come back to us uh, with the next episode where we'll, we'll wrap this particular topic up, at least for now. And please, if you have any questions you want us to tackle, let us know. Uh, happy to accommodate. Indeed. Well, thank you once again, Rudolf. We'll see you for part three. Thanks so much. Thank you, Rudolf. And we're back. That was the second part of the interview with Rudolf. Uh, again, great discussion, I think. Um, it's good to have somebody with actual statistics that can actually offer data-based insights on uh, this whole topic. Indeed, once again, a, a great session with Rudolf and uh, great to have his insights and his thoughts around all of this. And with that, unless you have anything else to add. Nope, nope. all done here. Big thank you to Rudolf and we will be back with another episode after this one to finalize this subject. But until then, that's all the time we have for today. You can support this podcast. You can become a patron. Contributions help and we like our patrons very much. And from time to time, we do something back for our patrons, of course. We're also on YouTube. You can like, subscribe, hit notification bell, do all the YouTube stuff. Well, do all the stuff that influences YouTube algorithm to make us pop up more often in other people's YouTube experiences. You can also go to www.roaringelephant.org. I can't talk, but it's still a link. It has a Patreon page on there. It has links to the YouTube and all of the episodes and ways of uh, consuming us in the MP3 format because we are, of course, still very much a podcast as well. You can also still send email to uh, podcast at roaringelephant.org and let us know if there's any topics you want us to tackle, go in depth on, questions you have. Happy to, um, as I mentioned in the episode, happy to contribute as much as we can. And with that, Indeed. until next time, my name is still working from home, Jon. <laughs> my name is sheltering in place, Dave. Um, well, that's Brexit for you. But we still look forward to talking to Dave and our audience again next week. Goodbye. So harsh. See you then. <laughs>